0: Welcome, and thank you for downloading the Green Majority Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Saren. Uh, I just wanted to do a quick pre-show note today, of course, uh, to let you know that we are our producer search is still ongoing. Uh, if you did not uh, see the bonus episode that was posted a few weeks ago or hear my note about it uh, over the last couple of weeks, we are currently searching for a paid producer. Uh, it is not a full-time position. It's not even a very well-paid position, but it is enough, hopefully, that it should allow somebody to dedicate some time for us so that we can really get some help and, and really improve the the show uh, as we are part of the reason we need a producer, is because Stefan and I are feeling very, very overwhelmed. So if you have sent us an email about that, or if you've sent in your application, uh, don't worry if you haven't heard back from us. You probably won't, frankly, until the new year. Uh, don't worry. We are collecting all these responses, and we'll, we will be getting back to people. Uh, B is, there is still time. Please go ahead and send that in. Uh, even if you're not interested in the full position, there are some uh, volunteer opportunities or possibly an opportunity to help in, in other ways as well. There's a bonus episode about this, a short bonus episode about this, uh, which is linked to on this week's show post. So if you were just listening to the podcast through like iTunes, for instance, and not going through the website, go ahead to go to greenmajority.ca. Look for today's show post. Uh, which is called Predatory Delay, I believe it's episode 584. Uh, And there will be a link to that specific post, which has both the proper description uh, and the application form and information about uh, what it is that we're actually looking for. Uh, And the other reason I wanted to do uh, number C, if you will, uh, the other reason to further quick note today is that we actually came up with we, we realized we'd missed a very critical piece of information to tell you, which is that the end, the closing of applications, you have until the 12th of January, the end of day on the 12th, Will be the official close of applications. Um, please feel free to get them in as soon as possible. Uh, but you do have a little bit more time and we will continue to remind you uh, between now and then uh, as well. So please go check that out. Uh, check out the show post for today to a link to the page that actually has the the description and the information and everything on it about that. Uh, and finally, If you have no time, but you love the show, uh, you have a very tangible reason now to become our patron. Help us pay for that. We do actually only have about half of the Patreon subscriptions that we need to actually pay someone, uh, which means about $200 uh, a month will be coming out of my pocket. Uh, I don't have a lot of money. (laughs) Uh, This is just that we're really dedicated to doing this show. Uh, So if you are able to chip in anything at all, please go ahead and and you don't want to apply or you can't apply or maybe even in, in addition to applying, you could uh still become our patron and help us pay for that. That would be very, very useful. Just a couple of bucks would be great. Uh, recommended donation uh slash membership uh is about five dollars a month. If you can go over that, great. If you can go under that, great. Anything at all is very appreciated. Uh, check out today's show post to a link for all that information, or you can go ahead straight to Patreon at PATREON.com slash green majority. Uh thank you for taking three minutes uh ahead of the show to listen to me talk about this and please do check out the links. Uh, without further delay here's the show. And welcome. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm your host, Ceren Caster. I'm in studio with Stefan Hostetter. How you doing? I hear that's your last name. It apparently is, yes. Although, yeah. uh, is it an ongoing debate? Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just see old episodes for that <laughs> joke. Um, so uh, we've got a show today. It has news in it. That's true. Uh-huh. And uh, so I'm going to be talking a little bit later about <clears throat> the California wildfire. Now, you might be checking your episode, guides, and you're like, what week is it? I Didn't I already hear this episode? No, no, it's another one.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a whole new wildfire. It's a whole new wildfire, this time running for five days. We'll get into that a little bit later in the program, but that's sort of... I guess to some degree an example. That's the tease of the conclusion because Stefan has put together uh, a flow of articles that I think tell a story. So I'm sort hmm. of teasing the end of the story a little bit there. It ends uh, with fire. It ends with fire. It always does in a It way. always does. <laughs> and then that starts off another good round of hilarious subtitles for our show. Yeah. Uh, it ends majority. with fire. It ends with fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some policy changes. Policy changes about which... Um, there's reason to be good about there. There, to some degree, are steps in the right direction. But that, in itself, that right there is the theme, mm. because steps in the right direction aren't good enough. If, say, you're uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, taking a step towards the exit, if the giant stone booby trap is rolling towards you at 80 miles an hour, taking two steps towards the door, not. It, nothing worth cheering. Well, it, it's at least they're moving the right direction. But it yeah, is th- That boulder is still running you over. The boulder is still moving it's faster still, than you. It still, if you will, ends with fire. That's right. Uh, so uh, we've basically teased the whole theme, but I'm going to let Stefan tell his story. But it starts off with, uh, we start, we're starting off here with Bill McKibben. Uh, yeah. Who often has some very poignant I mean there there's there's some degree of, uh, of repetition in the environment uh, you'll find if you listen to our show and nothing else you may think that we're entirely original it <laughs> turns out that that is not the case there is a lot of people who have been shouting the same message for quite some time and so Bill McKibben is one of those people and, and he often says things that many other people are saying <clears throat> we like to talk about what Bill McKibben is saying not because we're necessarily fans although I, I might say I might call myself a fan of Bill McKibben uh, but because he's often very good at how he says it mm. uh, and is often right on point with what the critical issue is and is very good at at highlighting that and so we're gonna we're gonna start with Bill McKibben but but know that as Stefan starts talking about this that we're getting to a bunch of that that is the tease that we're gonna talk about a bunch of stories where pressure has been exerted to the point that positive changes are happening positive changes that we should in fact be happy about Uh, but uh, the reason we have to still be concerned and the reason we still have to fight is what Stefan is gonna tell you right now
1: yeah so I always find it interesting when a a Bill McKibben article makes the rounds uh, because it's usually it's usually widely shared especially when something like the Rolling Stone the Rolling Stone and Bill McKibben uh, have this symbiotic relationship in which they will publish like every like couple months they will publish something for Bill McKibben that is basically just no everything is still on fire just so everyone knows and then environmentalists share it widely and Rolling Stone gets hits and then three three months later we do the same thing there's a this is sort of a ongoing relationship between the between the two of them and and so it's interesting you know like it's also interesting that Rolling Stone is itself is sort of is the vehicle for these kind of articles.
0: I just noticed the T's there, Rolling Stone. We were just talking about Indiana Jones. Yeah, you
1: know, there we go. It's a Rolling Stone. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and, and what's interesting about that is that often it sort of ends up being like a, 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 a he provides usually a summation of sort of a, a, a set of thoughts that are that are sort of bubbling up to the surface of environmental movements, and then he sort of writes this article that's like, here's the way here's a way to explain this, and then, and then, you know, a couple months later, there's another sort of thing. So this one is on a topic that actually, the specific set, the specific words, Comes from a futurist who I mentioned on a show a couple about six months ago, uh, named Alex Steffen. Um, no no relation. relation. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, called uh, uh, which is called predatory delay, uh, and it's very. What's interesting about this this idea is that this idea is is very important to understand in a in a context of especially the next stage of environmentalism, I'll say. You know, we've talked a lot about sort of how the, there was a, a long fight to get people to accept that climate change exists. And then at right around when Trudeau won, we sort of we were sort of discussing a shift in, in, in what the real conversation was. And it was no longer about, does this exist? But uh, w- saying, I believe you, but not acting fast enough was still was still not enough.
0: Right. If, if I can draw a quick correlation, it's similar to the the line of thinking uh, that oh, look, we elected the first black president, uh, Barack Obama, therefore there's no racism. I feel like there was a, a similar effect with, with among many Canadians, sadly, uh, that oh, look, we elected Trudeau, therefore climate change is solved. Whew! Yeah, like done
1: yeah next uh, yeah we and or even honestly or even we had now have a national a plan for national plan for a carbon price climate change is solved right any of these sort of things or there's a little bit of a oh we solved this thing because we did anything um so the article itself is called winning slowly is the same as losing and yes, this is going to be a slightly depressing topic. Just <laughs> throw at the beginning.
0: I, I really feel like we don't need to add that qualifier. That's a good point. To introduce the show as the green majority. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, warning,
1: this is going to be a depressing topic, is another good segment of the show. <laughs> um, but so the, the idea of predatory delay is the deliberate in, the, the deliberate slowing of needed change to prolong a profitable but unsustainable status quo that will be paid by other people eventually. And so it's this, it's interesting that this is a Idea that's existed for quite some time within the environment movement, props probably ever for the environmental movement, of like you know the ex- by externalizing costs onto the ecosystem, eventually humans will pay for it. We're just not paying for it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the term really sort of crystallizes this concept um, and and helps people sort of it helps sort of. It's very hard, I think, to get mad at someone uh, or or to or to fight someone uh, when their when their big pitch is just. We're doing stuff just at a at a reasonable or respectable or realistic pace. Realistic is the key is is mm. perhaps the, the most vicious word, but the and, and so he and so he dives into sort of the, the some some of the pre, some of the people who are who are participating in this predatory delay, and the most obvious one, uh, of course, uh, is Exxon. Uh, Exxon is perhaps the uh, is the is the emperor of, of predatory delay, uh, in that they were some of the you know their chief scientist told senior management in 1978 that the temperature would rise to at least four degrees Fahrenheit and that would be a disaster, and so they've known for quite some time. And it's not like they, the chief scientist told this and then the management was like yeah yeah whatever no they not only they believed them to the extent in which uh they actually began both Exxon and Shell began redesigning drill rigs and pipelines to cope with sea level rise
0: right they took it very very seriously
1: yeah they, like they started so they started planning for it however they also started ex- they also started slogging this down they like they were you know they were at 10 12 years before this even hit consciousness within within um within our within our society. You know, this was this was 10 10 years before even, you know, Bill McKibben started writing this and writing writing about climate change in 1989. And eleven years before that, Exxon
0: knew. But really, Stefan, there's no need to beat a dead horse because I mean, Exxon has been sued into oblivion, and, and all the executives responsible have been uh, jailed. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, really, why are we? Oh, wait, right, that's right. They're Secretary of State, right? Uh, I've, yeah. <laughs> I I keep mixing up promoted to one of the most powerful positions in the world and 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 uh, fired and jailed, right? Yes, uh, and sued into oblivion. <laughs> I always get those mixed up. They out. are hard. They are they are
1: they are pretty much similar. Um, but yeah, so this. So this is what – so they are the – Exxon is sort of the king uh, or uh, the the head of, of this sort of prejudice delay because they really spent the next 20 years being very effectively uh, sowing the seeds of uncertainty, uh, which was sort of being their big word. And to the extent in which, you know, even 1997, uh, the Exxon um, – you know Exxon CEO comes out into that IPCC and and, and, and is still preaching this uh, it's okay we'll get to it eventually kind of kind of language. And this was again 20 years after they already they are or 30 years actually sorry. My math is bad. No. Nope. 20 years I was about the first. Well, you know step. the you know the
0: 3 Ds deny deflect and drag your heels.
1: Yeah. He's yeah exactly, right? Um and so uh and so they're so they're clearly the the, the sort of the head of this. Um, but that's only that is literally only one actor, uh, and 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 it's 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 reasonable to sort of you know to pinpoint them as, as as sort of the the beginning of this. But it's in you cannot only say that's them. Uh, an ex- for example, the uh, electric utilities. Uh, in the, the article, McKibben writes, it's it's specific American, but you can see it all across Canada as well, um, and all across the world. Which is that electric utilities begin as they slowly began to realize that they didn't actually have. That that the wind and and solar while creating more jobs, would not create the kinds of jobs where the utilities would have full um Full ownership of, you know, you, it's very hard as utility to own people's houses <laughs> or, or, own, or own the roofs of people's houses, or and, or and as as people sort of became more access to the sort of much more distributive power source, they saw that their money was also going to be sucked away, and and so they have they have been doing very similar things. They've been actually fighting uh, in Ari- Arizona is an example that Bikini uses, where they've been basically they basically managed to completely make it in, in, almost impossibly expensive for homeowners to put solar panels on the roof. In Arizona, a place where, like, this would just... It's one of the sunniest places in the world. Like, it's got, you actually look at sun maps, and and, and what's w- interesting about sun maps is they so often don't actually map on to where more sun is. You know, or, or compared to... Sorry, sun maps do that. They don't map on to where more solar panels installed. Like, Germany's incredibly, incredibly solar panel... Uh, powered by solar, and yet they are like they are nothing compared to, to, some, to Arizona. Like if Arizona really wanted to invest in solar, in solar energy, they would just have such an easier time. They get so much more sun. And yet uh, the utilities are too scared of this, t- are fighting this. In the same way that uh, in in, in this extent in which in New York Times and reported in July um, that the residential solar market had actually started slowing down and actually they they quote as a shuttering stop uh, because of the fact that well-funded lobbying campaigns by traditional utilities have worked in state capitals across the country to reverse incentives for homeowners to install solar panels. So they are actively fighting against the ability for people to do this. They're making it easier and easier and easier uh, for for this delay to occur. And again, it's very hard to to these these actions are these are some of the. It's very hard to get, you know, when a when a state or a or when a state comes out and says, you know, we have to take our time, we have to make sure this doesn't affect jobs, blah blah blah. When that's being lo- when that's being paid for by the utility lobbyists who are uh, who have decided that they actually just. Just don't want solar panels then that comes out a much harder then that's that's just lying that's not you know there's not a there's not a version of this in which you know if you if your reason why you aren't investing in green energy is because is because you're being lobbied by traditional utilities uh i'm not going to believe that it's not realistic to have solar panels you are making it not realistic to have solar panels you are the reason why this is happening and the third example used. Uh, here and it's, it's, it's something it's something Alex Stefan talks about a lot actually um, is how often cities uh, are implicated in this and people often sort of think like there's a large call consistently from urban dwellers and, and, and urbanites that cities need to lead this movement and you know there's you know there's these all these different places where where cities get together and they all are like, yeah, hundred percent renewable and and all these types of things. and yet they can say all these things. And they can and they can be so certain that all of these things are, are great ideas, and it's very easy as as cities who don't have power over how they're powered, like <laughs> electricity-wise, to to make these sort of claims. But when you start talking about things like uh, reducing cars, or or in, or increasing density in, in in spaces, or or making more bike paths, or or raising building standards, the things that cities do have control over and have massive impacts, suddenly all the money dries up. You know, we talked about it last week and we'll probably talk about it next week, we hope, about how Toronto has a great, great plan to tackle climate change and they've put zero dollars in next budget to it. And Tory, literally, I think last week went to a Toronto's, went to a conference. Toronto's
0: mayor Tory. Tron- Tron- sorry, Toronto's, Toronto's
1: mayor Tory uh, went to a conference about cities and, and, and proudly declared that Toronto would be one of the cities that would be leading things in, in run climate change. And you're like, on paper, your budget doesn't have a single dollar set to the plan that you created to have this happen. It's you know, it's it's one thing to say, and then of course his whole thing will be like, it's not realistic. Well, Stefan, we all know that the best things in life are free. Yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, like <laughs> the like and b- <laughs> I but totally this is, screwed up. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no but, but but this is but this is sort of this is the sort of problem here right is that is that you by saying yes to plans uh, but no to funding you are very easily stepping into the world of predatory delay right you can come in and say look we have this great plan we're, we're gonna organize this plan but you know just our constituents can't you know people who own houses can't pay an extra dollar uh, to 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 fund this you know we can't raise property taxes so we just don't have the money for it what are we gonna hurt other people and then that just simply isn't an option right. um, the last example of this is is a bit of a is is actually one that sort of actually that comes back to the to the power utilities a bit as well, at least here in Ontario. Um, but even as things like unions and the labor movement uh, have become more and more outspoken on climate change, uh, because because of you know they realize the the impact of it and they see that there's more jobs and renewables than there are other things, there are still certain unions, uh, especially the unions that are building pipelines, um, that that are fighting against it. You know, Ontario Power Workers Union uh, unions are often well will sort of fight some of these things as well because again it's, it's hurting union jobs and so yes, this isn't a left right political spectrum thing this is just a people who have stuff now don't want to lose it thing and, and that, that is the problem <laughs> because it is very 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 hard to convince people who have something that they need t- to give it up but at the same time this is the uniqueness of climate change uh, which is really sort of the central point that sort of that became, comes back through this whole point which is that the uniqueness of climate change is that slow action and inaction don't just don't like d- for most other social ills if you don't do something for 4 years it's just paused and you've, you've you've lost progress for climate change if you don't do something for 4 years it becomes so much harder to fix 4 years later you know the the if we had started in Eighty-nine or seventy-eight, the you would have to decrease emissions by so so much less, and and we've and we've completely. But as we in each five ten years we skip and we lose, it gets harder and harder and harder and harder. Because you have less time to do more work. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> and, and so and so that is what makes it so unique, and that is what makes these delay tactics so despicable, yeah. uh, because it, you simply can't treat climate change like other things like you cannot it, because it's not us neg- it's not the two of us negotiating Right? it's not me negotiating it's not the the people who say you know are more concerned with the deficit negotiating with people who are more concerned about people's welfare uh, it is it is th- us as humanity wrecking our house <laughs> like it's you know it's like it's like we're all hanging out at a, at a house uh, I had actually a conversation recently about this about mitigation recently where someone was sort of coming out was, was, was sort of fighting against the term mitigation because they're like well that implies I want to talk about prevention and, and 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 my reaction was but mitigation is like if if you know our house is already on fire We're just in the kitchen. Our living room's on fire, and and we're talk. We're not preventing the fire anymore. We're just making it no longer be be the fire in the in 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 the the living room. Right. You have to
0: put out the existing fire before you install new fire alarms.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you're not going to prevent future fire alarms until that fire is done. And so right now we're just all both. Currently we're all standing in the kitchen discussing how and what the best way to put out the fire in a living room is as it slowly nips at our heels. And 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 the longer we wait, the less of a house we will have, and the like, the bigger the fire will be, uh, so it'll be hard to do that, and the more work there will be because the fire will have spread. And so this is the problem with potential delay, is that, you know, imagine standing in the kitchen of a house as their living room's on fire and having someone say, uh, the bathroom is a far away where the water is it's just a little too far away for me can can we just like give a little bit of the sink water right now and then and then maybe next maybe next week we can come back and and we can and we can dump more water on it it's yeah, just a lot of work Stefan
0: I have to I I can't tell you how many times I have to remind you of this we are carbon based life forms fire creates carbon therefore maybe the fire is good for the house
1: oh, I guess, oh man I didn't I did not think about that <laughs> uh, let's get some let's get some let's get some uh some plants in this house right uh, absorb the car as you do the plants will grow and just feed on the fire, and yeah. then bingo, bingo, we oh. have a bonanza. It's amazing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, <laughs> but what I believe is this, this term of predatory delay. Uh, the fact that predatory delay is a is a is a is a useful piece of language to use when talking about climate change because it allows you to reframe when people are telling you that they're just being realistic. Uh, it lets you sort of reframe that conversation because realistic to them is. Slowly letting the slowly like turning on the sink in the in the kitchen and hoping that water will eventually make it to the living room to turn it off uh, instead of
0: immediately
1: just throwing buckets of water.
0: Uh, on. The mindset. The mindset is. I get to do whatever I want, and so if you want me to change, the best you can ask me for is that I get to choose the rate at which I change. Yes. I'm going to do this on my terms. Yeah. Or, and, or what? What's your leverage, though? Yeah, and we don't have... Lo- <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, we are
1: say, and, and everyone else on the other side is just saying, like, we don't have the luxury. There's literally a fire in the living room. <laughs>
0: right. So if I can close... So my metaphor for the my metaphor for show was sort of... And I, I mentioned this stuff before the show, but I may bring this up more than once, but we have two people. Here's mm. the idea. You have two people. We don't need to gender them, we have two pe- two humans. And one of them has no water, and the other one has no job. <laughs> Who dies first? Now to make it more accurate, the person still has a job, it's just they're not, they're only making like 80, 85% of what they used to make. Which one dies first? Pretty sure it's still the one with no water. So here's a data point I want to leave us on. We'll go to our music break after this. I was I was spending about half the time you were talking, Stephen, trying to find this. I just wanted to make sure we got this out before we moved on. In October, an auction in Saudi Arabia for a new. Uh, energy generation contract was won by a solar company pledging to deliver energy for less than three cents per kilowatt hour which in case you don't know your per kilowatt hour prices which I am not an expert this is would be the cheapest price ever paid for energy in modern history I would, I would put out that the
1: I believe uh, the cheapest part of energy that we get in the in the Ontario system is from our hydro uh, which is about six cents a kilowatt hour and that's already built in everything. That's like after all the investment of it's just now we're getting six cents an hour. So this is half that.
0: All right. Well, we'll leave us some time to to ponder that while we go to our music break, Megan. And we are back. You're listening to the Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM could be listening also on our wonderful and very appreciated community radio partners all the way across the country internationally as well Uh, or you could be listening on the podcast which is where you occasionally get little extra little treats here and there Uh, we've had some special announcements to put out recently we do have to keep those to the extra content mm-hmm. that is for our podcast subscribers so if you're curious what's going on behind the scenes here go ahead and get the the podcast you can find links to that to find on iTunes or, or wherever you'd like to listen to it at greenmajority.ca and there will be another one today or there has been because I always do it after and then put it at the beginning of the right. show <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so already you already have one. just heard <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast if you are listening to the podcast and you're listening to this on the radio then all you you, you don't have to f- sit like fast track for it just go download the podcast listen to the first two minutes and then you'll, all be, you'll be all caught up oh well, there you go All right, Stefan, uh, take it away. Yeah, so
1: I'm going to tell you three stories, uh, or three news stories, and going to try to attempt to keep the the sort of the uh, the commentary at a minimum, uh, and until the end, because I think there's a there's a sort of a there's a there's a the river one can take, I mm. think, uh, on these, and and you're all smart people, and it's going to be pretty obvious. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> uh, and so, and so, the first story is, and the first story, t- the first two stories are are generally positive stories. The first one is uh, that. Alberta, the Alberta government government has come out with new rules about how to crack down on on a handful of quote unquote bad actors uh, in the oil and gas industry uh, that have that have left that have left or intend to leave environmental mess behind after shutting the operations. Now, this is something that environmentalists have been talking about forever. the The concept that the number the what's happening and what's been happening for for the history of oil production um, is that companies come in, they drill some wells uh, some of them go bankrupt and then they just leave these wells completely unmitigated and, and and walk away uh, and and so it's they, they've privatized the costs and public so privatized the profits and and, and and public and publicized or made socialized public, socialized the, the costs, uh, and this is a consistent thing that 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 exists in a whole bunch of industries. Uh, but one of the one mm-hmm. of these industries that happens is is within within oil and gas, and so. What's kind of every once in a while a a new policy comes out from a government, and I'm like, how was that not happening all that? Was exactly my reaction. <laughs> I was like, why why is this not already happening? Yeah, yeah, like this is so. What what? So what? Basically, what's been happening is that up until now. <laughs> N- up in- and you still have a month still so if you are an- if you're a bad actor oil and gas <laughs> company you have another about 20 days for this because I think it I think comes into effect uh, January 1st. I think it also includes paper mills let's not leave it paper uh, okay mills. paper mills too. Um, which is that if regulators now when people apply uh, to have a new a new ga- to, to have new drilling and, and new, actually, no. The sorry, the, the second story comes out on the twenty uh, on January first. I think you have two years still uh, if you want to if you're if you're if you're doing this one. Um, but if you want to apply for new oil and gas rail gale, you have to go through a regulator. That makes sense. Up until rec- uh, up until this law, they did no background checks. On how often you as a company had left previous wells uncapped how many times you had just completely just walked away from projects there was just apparently (laughs) there was just not a not a system in place to make sure that you did not have a history of doing this right and and what they're announcing is that they are now going to check is really actually what is happening like and and, it is, and what's interesting is that this comes in part from a uh being in, being supported by the oil and gas industry because they've already created a industry-funded orphaned well association which is which which has put in about a hundred million which is currently cleaning up one thousand eight was one thousand eight hundred and sixty wells uh f- which has cost about a million dollars um, which is more than double the number of standard wells it, that it had on its on its hands on March 2015.
0: And, which, and to be clear, that's only a small small portion. Those are sort of like the active files. The uh, the estimation yeah. of currently considered abandoned wells is one third. One third of how well if it's three, that's only one. It's right. not a big number. No, it's 450,000. So there's currently estimated to be about 150,000 abandoned projects. Yeah, and okay. so and, and in Alberta uh, alone. Yeah, and and so this is. This is a good
1: step, right? Like it's good that we are that that they are cleaning this up uh, or it's good that it's good that we are hopefully preventing f- more abandoned wells. But the fact that this never existed until now is somewhat concerning. And further, what's concerning is that the the provincial government recently gave the OWA a loan of two hundred thirty five million dollars, which will be paid back over a ten year period. Again, we hope maybe OWA will also go bankrupt and they will walk away with the money again. Um, The ultimate irony. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And and so this is the whole to make sure that and it's a loan to make sure that taxpayers won't bear the uh, the burning of uh, the additional burden here. And. It's one of the things where it's like This is perhaps the lowest Possible bar there's, there's no, there, there are very few other parts of society That any one of us would Indicate uh, would, would happen In which this would be possible You know if, if I'm applying For a, for a, for a mortgage a Bank will check if I have Left six other mortgages beforehand There is no question that The banks would not be, would not be able to do that And would not be encouraged to do that And would not be considered negligent if they didn't do that you know, like the number of the, it's 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 a example of how much that corporations are not just people, my friend. They are super people. <laughs> like, that you, that you can apparently just do whatever you like. Um, and, and again, these are these, what's interesting about this is that they're often smaller, they're, not, they're often smaller organizations. In the article, there's a whole thing about how they don't think any specific cap members so the Canadian Association of Petroleum Production uh, mm. are, 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 were actually people who had banned these wells because those are the large actors and the small actors are the ones who are sort of usually doing this. But again, this is 2017, how is this taken so long to have this position in place? And anyways, so that's the first one. Well, I, like the use, I like the
0: fact that you I like the fact they use the language of background checks because it does draw correlation to, you know, guns. And of course, this is a different conversation here in Canada. But, you know, there's an argument about whether or not we should, you know, in the States about whether or not are people on terrorist watch lists and with like sort of known. Uh, se- severe or serious mental health issues should be allowed to have guns or not, but there's, you know, most people at least, you know, don't listen to the NRA. They're actually tiny. They're they have a tiny. They have a huge amount of power for the tiny amount of. Uh, people that actually support that organization um but you know there's people that say that you should you should not even have that in this case but that's like you know generally you know under a hundred people i think we could say the cap at the moment is you know could die in a in a serious shooting and i i don't mean to take this this issue lightly but we're talking about issues where hundreds of thousands of people could be poisoned or given cancer like the the consequences are so much higher so much higher but because of the diffuse responsibility of a of a corporation or the, the diffuse yeah accountability um, these things are just like oh, it's well, the cost of doing business. Yeah,
1: it, yeah, it's it, it, it's. I've become I've become recently impressed. Is the wrong word? Uh, like whatever the negative version of impressed is. Shocked. Uh, no, but more like something. Some, some version of this. Uh, appalled. appalled. I can do perhaps? this all day. Okay, uh, let's <laughs> we'll <just> play the Thoris game. <laughs> um, but at the power of which a of which bureaucracy can sort of absorb, uh, evilness, you know, like if you have, if you, if you create a big enough bureaucracy and no one can get any accountability for the actions that are being put on them, it is, it is incredibly insidious, uh, what you can do by absorbing, by, by, by individualizing harm and then absorb, but then diffusing responsibility. Mm. You can, you can do truly terrible things. and. And and poorly segued. Uh, the second story that that, that I want to get to is again in Alberta, and again a generally good thing. Uh, the Alberta government has come out with with better regulations uh, or better ways to or improved tax uh, carbon tax or carbon pricing. Now, what's interesting about this is that it still doesn't actually really cover everyone, and it still definitely does not cover every single bit of taxes it, a bit of um, carbon. It's, it's, it's only really for the high producers of carbon, and they, get a per- and they also get a certain percentage of credits for what they are not using. So it's not really exactly a cap-and-trade. It's like kind of a weird mixture of things. Mm. But uh, and it only affects anyone who's producing over 100,000 tons of carbon dioxide a year. So it's the really big players. Uh, things like oil sands operations, cement plants, fertilizer production, uh, and that produce that, that produce these things. And I should point out that those three things are things to think about. That it's how we drive our cars, how we eat things, and how we build our buildings. Mm-hmm. Like this is how specifically difficult it is to address these kind of issues. That the, the three major major actors are are transportation, food. <laughs> And buildings, you know, it's basically the three things you need to live. Uh, if you add water,
0: mining to that, that is literally all of civilization. <laughs> yeah, yes,
1: we which um, I mean, frankly, you
0: should. Right. So yes, it is all of civilization. Yeah, yeah. That is. Wrong, and so, yeah.
1: so they that should ex- understand that the difficulties there, but. Uh, and so, and again, and, and what's interesting, again, is the article sort of refers to this costs are expected to be high, um, and the government will, pro- will make approximately, apparently, $1.2 billion uh, from this once in full force in 2020, uh, but then some of the offsets uh, and credits, I mean, the government expects to make about $800 million, and... That's, you know, in terms of, uh, of absolute scale, that's, a, that's, a, that's not no money. Uh, that's a significant amount of money. Um, but also to call it a cost is also interesting. You know, it, it's a revenue tool. You're a government. You've decided how you want to make money. You, and to sw- shift the way you're making money by, fr- to, from oil companies make a bunch of money and give us some to effective regulation of oil companies providing the income is an important shift because it really changes how, the, how you're reacting to the industry. Uh, it's still coming from industry Which is still a difficult place to be in Because if that industry you still are sort of Inherently tied to its success Which is part of the main difficulty That you're seeing in the In the, um, in the Alberta NDP Is the difficulty to be pro-oil While still trying to pass progressive policies um, But It's an important step And, it's, and, and it, it, they expect it to cut about 20 million tons by 2020 And 50 million tons by 2030 Which is equivalent of 11.5 million cars on the road which is you know, the usual way that people describe things Which is significant 11.5 million cars is a third of Canadians Stop driving Which is also like Let's be real here The fact that one province Could do a relatively minor $30 a ton That's what they're charging above, above the things $30 a ton carbon tax And remove enough carbon for We have a third of Canadians Stopped driving Is It should be, it, it should be, should be alarming it should. It, it highlights how much carbon is being emitted in Alberta. You know, and, they are one of the most carbon-intensive economies in the world.
0: Another another angle to look at this from as well is that you know there's a, the part of the complaint is well you're you know this is extremely uh, d- you know due to all these unknown market forces. by right? I'm about to tell you that they're known. Uh, but you know, do for these mysterious reasons we can't possibly understand. You know, you, this is extremely tough tile uh, time for oil and gas, and so you're, you know, it's already hard for us to get business, and you're making it even harder. Is that's the line, right? So this is like not a good time for regulation. Well, why? So the the idea of you know com- the competitiveness there is is that if we put restrictions on us that other people aren't following, well, then you're simply putting us at a disadvantage. You're not actually saving the environment. You're just meaning that someone else is profiting rather than us for destroying the environment. Well exactly. That's why we were doing the international agreements, which you also fought. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you can't have it both ways. You sh- you guys should be if you're look like look, hey, look, we you know we totally feel you here, but we just don't want to be put out of business. Well then great. Stop fighting the international talks. Get on board. What happens if Exxon and, and, and Kinder Morgan and all these giant companies and Suncor and all these companies actually get and I understand they're doing some stuff in their own way, but actually fully got on board and said, Yes, we need business regularity. We need to change for the future future, but we don't want to go bankrupt because we're the only one doing it. Great! You just created the world's best argument for helping the international agreements, not fighting them. Mm -hmm. Well, but fighting them guarantees either we fail, and Mm -hmm. then we're all in real trouble, or... It's disproportionate, which means, yeah, you're going to be put out of business in certain markets. The best option for them is to actually encourage the global community to act together as one, so that everyone can move up together, rather than there being arbitrary winners and losers. Well, and, and what's interesting about that is that they have is that they have more recently
1: come on side with with, with these sort of movements, ethical movements, but in, in, the, in using these tactics of thing, what they're their true intentions to be They, they, As they come on side and as they start speaking about agreeing to things, and you know, I think there was a, a group of them all came together a, like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about we it. We talked about it on the show. So, yeah. uh, to have some sort of agreement uh, of, of action. When I will believe it when your stock options no longer expect oil to be at the same amount of usage in 2050. When you start admitting to your investors that you have stranded assets, then I will consider you acting. Well, what, I'm yeah, act on this we
0: talked about it talk about that a while but one of those two things is is a lie yeah yeah. either you're serious or your or your predictions about future business in oil is wrong those two things cannot be true simultaneously yeah uh so quickly
1: i want to get to the last one because i think it's important uh specifically based on the thing of these first two are examples of uh the oil and gas industry uh "Quote unquote," working alongside government to to get re- somewhat positive re- reactions. You know, like obviously, I, I, you'll probably see Cap in some way fighting Alberta tax structure, but they they worked with the NDP the first time, uh, and they're they're certainly they, they really aren't putting their full weight against this secondary option either. And so we're seeing some, uh, so they're at least able to come out of this saying, "Look, we're not we're working alongside." Right.
0: Which at the is, same
1: time, these same companies, or many of these same companies. Uh, managed to get a a little extra, thi- a little extra drop dripped into the uh, the tax bill that has passed in the United States, uh, or passed the Senate. It has there'll be reconciliation, so it's not fully in law yet. But anyways, uh, it, it the the first version of the tax bill that got passed, and this is a tax bill, right? This is the thing that's like th- this is how in cities this is. this is a tax bill that. Is that? That's what's being talked about. It's just a tax bill, and yet it also just happens to include the opportunity to uh, to, 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 to pry open a, a vast Arctic National Wildlife Refuge to oil and gas drilling. Just that's just also in this tax bill. It's not like it's not like that's a part of this larger thing. It's like one senator probably threw it in there because of, of because of lobbying from 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 oil and gas industries. And this has been protected for thirty years. This has been a fight for thirty years between environmentalists and the um, the the Gwich'in First Nations who who actually use and live on that land to protect it from oil and gas drilling. And and the people who currently the the, the the Gwich'in First Peoples are. Quite, quite earnestly fighting for the lives on this one. Like if this passes, the quote specifically uh, from uh, from Bernadette uh, Damintheif, uh, the executive director of the of the of the Gwenshin steering committee, uh, it was that quote: "We are fighting for our way of life right now." Uh, and then carried on to say, "Caribou provide eighty percent of our food as well as our clothing. This is this is a sacred place. We could we'll be wiped out if dr- if there is drilling there." We live off the land, and this is our garden. Take that away, and we starve. And it just sort of added in, you know. That's what's that's what's so that's what makes every little piece of the oil and gas industry sort of placating. Make makes me it makes me so hard for me to take any of it seriously because all the nice things you do and then you're, just, you're still you're lobbying to still get this little just like what if we also drilled in the Arctic and <laughs> ruined an entire people's way of life and and you know the, I'm sure they will say we'll give them money I'm sure they will say that they'll make that the, that they'll make it. well they're going to th- need it because cereal boxes are $24 well, yeah, well, and, and these are people who are living off the land right it's not just yeah, it's not just yeah, it's not just are. Yeah, the, 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 the are actually twenty-four dollars. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I didn't yeah, pull that. Yeah, it out yeah of utility, that's actually <laughs> how much it costs. Um, but also, it's like that's not. It's not just the. The 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 way of life. It's not. It's not just the livelihood. It's not just the money or the food that's being brought in by the caribou. It's that if you give a bunch of people who live in this area who have historically hundreds, and that's their that's their life. That's their that's their culture. And you would instead just give them money. You suddenly have an entire set of people who have nothing to actually do. You're you're still wiping, like by wiping out the caribou, you're wiping out the way of life, and so it's it's that's not an understatement, and so the f- it's just so insidious, it, and it, it's just drop that into a bill, like just sort of mega bill that has seventeen other headlines. So this one will probably get swept under the rug, uh, but it's. It speaks to the difficulty that I have taking any of the other pieces of this seriously. You know, when Exxon comes up on stage and says we are t- we are we, we are working with uh, with indigenous people and we're helping them, I'm um, So there's obviously some there's like there's 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 a, there's even pipelines that are sort of that are being co-created within with indigenous cultures and communities, and that that's true. I still don't believe that this speaks to those to such an. At end of line, lack of respect. An end of line, lack of respect for the rule of law. And and the idea that you still want to drill oil in the Arctic, even though you, as you're saying that you're going to come to fight climate change. Like the idea of expanding anywhere at this point. Like we have more oil already found in our reserves than we can burn. So the idea of being like, let's burn. Let's let's drill into the into this reserve in, 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 at, in at, at I'm Atlanta, which would be a much weirder place to drill for reserves. Um, in Alaska, is exemplary of the f- reason why no one trusts them and th- th- and no one ever will because they keep doing this and that's that's my that's my bit
0: all right we're going to come back in a few minutes for just a little bit about fire it that all ends topic. in fire it all ends in fire yep, <laughs> the subtitle for the show today uh, uh we're going to go once more to megan for our music break all right we're back you're listening to the green majority here on say t 89.5 fm in toronto or possibly one of our wonderful and very appreciated community radio partners internationally and particularly across canada uh, as well as the podcast where you occasionally receive extra little treats and uh, also uh, helps us uh, because then we can track you and spy on you and know that you're listening to, well, us. Anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, with that, we have uh, 15 minutes left, as we normally do. We do try and keep the show to 20-minute sections, but c'est la vie. Yes. Uh, so the final section now, of course, that we're leading up here to. So what happens when we have a predatory uh, delay, which is, I think, the real word of the day? Uh, thank you, Stefan. Um, Well, we get things like wildfires, and we've had a slew of them. Of course, we had a little burst of uh, hurricanes and and, uh, um, buildings being uh, flooded out in some parts of the country while catching fire. A particular thing caught me about this story was, uh, and and for... uh... for an odd reason it was sort of funny seems like the an inappropriate word but you know we've met people my age uh, many of us have fond memories of a t- television show with will smith where he got a smart uh, start basically called the prince of bel-air and so it jumped out at me and i had very much an image that i probably would not for many american uh... cities uh... of the place that was being damaged as a very very wealthy famous uh... neighborhood bel-air uh, in California was one of the first areas to be significantly damaged many uh, homes there. I remember Stefan reading an article, uh, it's not the one I have in front of me here, but I remember reading an article throughout the week at some point about a man who'd been living there because there had been a previous uh, series of wildfires in that neighborhood about th- uh, 40 years ago and uh, and he'd lived through that one as well and it was sort of very interesting to hear just a very short interview with uh, him or read a very short interview with him uh so sort of very resigned to it uh, you know some millions and millions and millions of dollars of of property there but uh just sort of like yeah we've been through this before you follow the instructions and go inside and dump water on your roof and what are you going to do uh, but for many people this is not something they've experienced before and and if, of course, uh, more to lose, I guess, financially anyway, than than most people. Uh, although I'm sure it's very well insured. Hmm. Uh, but that's uh, that's another story there, right? Is you know, uh, is the side of insurance uh, is a cool. big part of these natural disasters. Is you know, people say, well, eh, not not that this is a a reason to not act on climate change, but there is a degree of um, you know things being insured and well, you know, disasters happen, but we pick up and carry on. But how many? How often? Uh, well, and not to message, not yeah. to mention
1: how difficult it is as these places become more and more ravaged, insurance just leaves. You just, right. So often, you know, it, like you know, you're seeing that in in floodplains, you're seeing that it, uh, in in places like this. Uh, or often you'll get insurance, but insurance will be everything but the thing that's definitely going to happen to you, right? It's like we can give you insurance for all the things except for the fire that will definitely consume your house, uh, because it becomes no longer profit. Like insurance companies cannot make money, uh, and that's the you know the point of them. So they don't really like. Insurance companies aren't out to like, act, like are not going to just protect you out of their good of their hearts. They, they there needs to be a, a way to make money. Right, it of is things. a business. It is business. Exactly. Yes. Um, and so and so as these as these as these things become more and more common, it will become harder and harder and harder to insure your house against these types of natural disasters right. because they won't. There will no longer be surprises.
0: Right. Uh, and so uh, the largest of the fires spread across more than 200 square miles uh, by this morning, um, and has crept toward a college town of Santa Barbara which is one of the very few places in the United States I have been yeah. uh, so I've been there very briefly I believe uh, I just had dinner there mm. um, but these are these are recognizable places and 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 I, I I hate to make that point but there is a certain degree right of of not being able to visualize something does make it seem very far away, and so I do notice as I read through these stories, whether we're talking about fires or floods or whatnot, that I do have—I'm aware of my own sense of tangibility around things. Where I read, "Oh, that place is on fire," "This place is underwater," "Oh, I've been there," and that feels so much more real. And it's not really until you have that moment of, "Oh, I've been there," I can vision—I can envision myself being there. Of course, there is a very uh, horrible um terrorist attack in barcelona going down las ramblas a little while ago and i remember seeing some of the photos i don't want to get segwayed into that but i remember seeing some of the photos while we're talking about the topic and i literally had been in that very spot where there was uh, there was a person's body and it there just is a very sense of tangibility to that and i don't uh, i don't the The reason I I wanted to bring that up is sort of the the lens by which we talked about this today was, it's sort of it's it's not that you care more it's that you're uh, the the it's that I want to call attention to how easy it is to not fully realize something it's until you have something to reference it to you're not often not aware of really able to sort of be aware of your feelings about something and and so it was not until you know the fire went to a neighborhood that was iconic for a reason because it was famous from a beloved you know children's uh, children's show from my from my childhood that it that i was aware of how casually i was considering and i, I mean i hate to put that but just you know real talk if you will um how how casually re- reverend um uh, referentially speaking uh, comparatively speaking um, I was just reading the news and part of that of course is just news overload we have we do the show every week it's very easy and, and, and in fact I've been criticized uh, before for you know being so casual and and jokey about some of these topics but I mean frankly we can't there I only have so many tears in my face yeah. Um, and it can be very hard. As sort of, so I mean, part of the story today, I think, it's a little bit about Stefan about you know the fact to update that there is a terrible series of fires going through very densely populated regions, very economically um, uh, uh, dense, if you will, economically dense regions. Lots of money's there, lots of businesses there, uh, Silicon Valley, all those types of things. Uh, but also the corollary story going on about you know there our, our, our sort of caring exhaustion. And our and our place I haven't been I can't visualize I don't know anyone from their uh blase attitude it's very it's very human I think it's not something we should be happy about but I think it's something we should also check that this is just part of how brains work this is part of our how our human culture works and what the important thing there is to be aware of that so you can try and offset that bias um, but it is can be very difficult to continue to take everything as seriously as one would want to
1: well especially I think there's a I, 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 to 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 first mention that yeah I think there's a, certainly a a realness that comes when you've been in a place where these are happening and as soon as that as soon as it lands on your doorstep suddenly then the 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 sheer scope of of the problem is so much more real uh, and I think uh, those of us who are live in a place like Toronto which is relatively well well protected from a lot of these effects it is probably harder actually to get people to fully to fully engage with the issues mm-hmm. uh, because of the fact because of that that protection. But um, I think there's also a level of which this is a a question of, as these as these fires or floods or other destructions increase, there's a really concerning way that this sort of begins to happen what you, what you, what you'll start seeing is the the rebuild will will start becoming the places where people who are who need cheaper places to live will start living and so you're going to see right now right now there's a lot of rich people in very very dangerous climate spaces there's mm-hmm. a lot of people with a lot of money on coastlines in Florida you know in places that are that that are right in the line of it and those places get paid attention to because of that when they're hit Mm. as we get as as climate change progresses it, you will start seeing people moving away from those places and then and and housing prices will drop because there will not be an ability to uh, to insure it and so you won't be able to afford the kind of places and slowly but surely the you will see money insulate itself from climate change and and lack of money being forced to the edges where you'll be more infected, mm-hmm. which will only further increase the difficulty of getting them paid attention to. You know, the fact that we're talking about California wildfires and and, you know, and, and yet the say the like right now is a part of geography. Uh, because we're obviously closer to the California than say Europe. Uh, but the Portugal wildfires that occurred in the, that were, you know, as devastating as not more in the last couple of months, um, are in part, they're, they're a little separated from us, right? They're a little further away from us, a little different from us. And, and these kind of type the, the difficulty that you see in yet again, like sl- fully internalizing each and every individual horror. Um, gets harder and, and, the, and, and the media will try less and less hard as, as the people who, be, who are being affected are more and more marginalized. Um, you know, the fact that Hollywood is on fire right now, or as you mentioned, Bel Air is on fire right now mm. is a, is a, is a, is a topic that might people might click on. You know, I, I'd be like, Oh man, Bel Air, I've heard of that. It was, you know, Will Smith made that place famous. I will click the, I will click the link and, 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 and see what's up. If you tell me a place I've never heard of, I might not click that link, mm. and and so it's it's a it's an inherent difficulty, and I think it will, uh, this own type this own type of, it, own type of uh, as we as people start moving away from these sort of more climate endangered areas, I think you'll see it. I think we'll
0: we'll see a difficulty in, in getting people to talk about it more and more. Because- and also some the other the other angle, very similarly, following that, but to, to create some to, to call back to her earlier in the show, you know, some very wealthy people who have some nice houses who are damaged but can, in almost all cases, universally afford to rebuild. Uh, front page news, uh, entire culture being wiped off the map not news
1: yeah right yeah or or or, or the buy or the third or fourth point in a story about about, about a tax bill right um well, exactly and the idea of that of this the amount and the amount you're able to delay is directly proportional to the to the the difficulty you have on on gaining traction you know look at look at flint michigan they still don't have their water fully they, they, they like this is something this is a story that came that, that has came to the news years and years and years ago uh Everything is, sort of went through the entire news cycle And then sort of fell off And yet even to this day They're still on boil water advisories There's still parts of it that are not, that are not safe to drink There's still places where they're, where they're having issues and, and the only reason that's okay The only reason that's being allowed And is acceptable Is because the people there are, not, are, are, are racialized And poor and, and don't have the same kind of voice That Bel Air does you know and, and so i think as 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 climate change worsens and people start getting put in and, and, and more marginalized voices and people get pushed towards places that are more and more uh at risk, it will become increasingly difficult to keep the the attention on of the media on to these on the plights of these of these issues and as we mentioned earlier, if you don't do anything about it uh it's these issues will only get worse uh and so we're in this weird cycle i think of um, of creating scenarios. It's like you know, it's, it's uh, like creating scenarios in which we're not only making it harder for ourselves to act now, uh, or, or every every minute we wait, we're making it harder ourselves to act alone, uh, but then also making it harder for ourselves to make the work when we do start acting even more difficult. And this, I think, permeates in a whole variety of different ways avenues within this, within this issue. Um, you know, whether it's society, as society gets more and more entrenched within, you know, carbon based, uh, transportation and, 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 and power usage, that entrenchment makes it much more difficult to transfer. That entrenchment makes it much more difficult to, to move on. And so all of this is connected. And it all ends in fire, <laughs> which I I, I I have been criticized that may, that the show is uh, occasionally too depressing. Um, <laughs> this episode, as I warned you at the very beginning, was going to be depressing. Right.
0: Well, I think that's the uh, that yeah. So we we I think one of the other things of the show we get criticized, <laughs> and that's okay, and that's okay. I think that's uh, that's more or less all we have here. I don't want to dig into any new topics now. We just have about uh, 90 seconds. So I want to, um, to let everybody know, uh, because I know even the, even the radio station here, even CIUT has been asking us, yes, we're going to be on the air over the holidays. Uh, is it going to be really laid back and probably even more made up as we go along than usual? Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, but we will be on the air. There will be a lot of fresh episodes. Uh, we're going to have some guests come in. I, I don't want to confirm anything yet because some of these are still being finalized, but we're going to try and get some... Some old faces, some new faces in here to have some fun discussion. And then, yeah, we'll be looking forward to a whole bunch of new programming in the new year. Uh, if you have any ideas or topics, as I said, Stefan and I are, are, by virtue of our jobs, both for independent but but similar reasons, increasingly busy towards the holidays, as are many of you. Uh, so if you have any suggestions of topics or anything else you'd like to hear about the show, anything at all, you want to criticize us, particularly <laughs> Stefan. Yes, I uh, me. Feel free to email us. Uh, you can do that through the website at Other than that, have a good Green Week, folks. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all real soon.